1: Welcome to Tribe of Two, the officially unofficial podcast for all of Star Wars. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're back to close out our coverage of season one of Ahsoka. Uh, Aaron, I feel like I'm Ahsoka'd out. I feel like I don't know what to say about this show. I, I uh, last episode took a lot out of me. So I'm hoping that there's something that the audience wants to say here. So much. This is a big, big mailbag. Uh, it's so big we probably
0: won't be able to get to everything. But uh, there's a lot of interesting thoughts. A lot of things I thought were uh, interesting defenses or explanations into the felony aspects of this. And uh, things that maybe Disney can do different. Things that maybe we have too hastily judged and need to go back and take a look at. There's, just a, there's a wide, wide gamut of people uh, traipsing on our yard. Uh, setting up shop, decamping, all kinds of movement in and around the yard. Let's mm-hmm. get right to it. Um, before, Star Wars at BaldMove.com is how you get in touch with us for Star Wars related things. And I, I thought maybe we can start with what are our plans for the Tribe of Two going forward? Yeah. Uh, what? How does the, the get off our yard philosophy intersect with us actually covering
1: things that Disney is making? Well, there's one that is guaranteed. Uh, and that's Andor. When Andor comes back for a second season, I will be there to watch it, and I'm sure we'll be there to cover it.
0: It's slated for August of 2024, which seems pretty crazy. Uh, I, I don't think this is updated since the writer strike, so maybe that's more of like early 2025 now. But yeah, for sure, we will be here day one for season two of Andor. We'll probably, I actually think we should do a rewatch like leading up to that, you know, that might like, be a good like idea. yeah, we have, we used to do that a lot. I think that would be because mm. I, I feel like that was a missed opportunity for us to get the season one. So yeah, like probably 10, 12 weeks before Andor season two comes out, we'll probably spool out that stuff, but bare minimum we'll be covering uh, season two Um mando season four i think we yeah. would uh, like i i feel like we are in a pretty good spot with the coverage of that show uh i'd mm-hmm. like to keep that coming um there's a few things that i don't know about like the star wars skeleton crew i like jude law
1: yeah me too but it's the, not the description it, like, of the plot feels very kiddy
0: yeah, but the pitch of, like, Goonies as seen through the Star Wars universe, okay, I, I think like that, uh, yeah, like, those might be two great tastes to taste great together. I, I just don't know. I, you know, um, there's Star Wars The Acolyte, which is my understanding, this is the first kind of live action that's set within that High Republic period that we got turned on to a couple weeks ago. This is Disney going, like, 100, 150 years before The Phantom Menace where the, you know, at the, at the height. You know the High Republic, the height of the the old Republic, mm-hmm. the kind of tell non Skywalker stories. Um, I yeah, but those are that those would be like first day covers. Those would be me highly skeptical that they're going to work, but I'll check them out. Uh, Andor Mando is the only thing that I know for sure that I'm interested in covering going forward. So yeah. uh, I guess be on the lookout for those.
1: We're not interested in Jedi protocol. We'll be right back. Time for your training, Padawan. Here's more Tribe of Two. Uh,
0: Let's get to the feedback. Uh, First up, we have Gene. Gene says Sabine did what she did because the galaxy would be better on balance with Thrawn and Ezra in it. While Thrawn is a negative five for the galaxy, Ezra is a plus eight. Yeah, you're bringing back a military genius, but you're also bringing back the guy who defeated him at least twice the two-time Thrawn defeater. The other guy, mm. the other side gets Napoleon, but then we get Wellington and Nelson. It's a very British centric. Oh, that boy. I half understand. I'm not. I'm not up on no. Wellington, General no. Beef Wellington.
1: <laughs> right. I like his
0: Lord his, uh, Horatio Nelson. Dinner, but... I'm a bit more familiar with. But um, what? What do you? Does it what feel
1: do you like that? Of... I, I so I know nothing of Ezra. I'm not. I'm not impressed by the name Ezra Bridger. Um, and what we've seen so far, he seems like he's not as powerful as Ahsoka. Um, yeah, he seems fine. He seems like, oh, we got another Jedi. But I don't know that another Jedi is is a pawn as big as the Grand Admiral reuniting the remnants of the Empire. I, it doesn't feel like that to me as someone who's not seen Edward Bridger, Bridger's work.
0: Yeah, we'll have some more feedback that kind of makes that point for us. But uh, Gene says Unlike Ahsoka and many Star Wars fans, Sabine doesn't believe in the great man theory of history. Sure, he may cause a lot of havoc, but another warlord would be doing it in his place. What's a blue guy with no well, special then how powers? How does she going believe in do?
1: needing Ezra Bridger? To, that's to, her just she doesn't
0: care. Like, she, just wants, she just wants her she friend. She just wants her friend.
1: This is a oh, gene Oh, yeah, argument. that's clear for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know, because like I don't know that I buy that uh Thrawn's only a negative five and Ezra's a right. plus eight. Yeah. Um
1: I, I have not I mean, seen that.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of like another Star Wars example where this would have And then yeah, the great I mean that's that's the thing, it's like if if they were playing with like the great man idea of history versus like inevitability of social trends, I think that would be interesting, but I don't really think that's what Fellini's doing. No definitely you know star wars definitely thinks the great men and women part of history like there's literally people Mm -hmm. with magic
1: built into the universe yeah i mean what are the jedi if not the great man you know the the emperor darth vader anakin skywalker is the the biggest example of the great man theory ever yeah
0: uh diogo said as the original sabine paid no price feedback guy i felt like i had to pipe in after some other feedback tried to defend her according to that listener from sabine's perspective thrawn was no big deal some dude bested by a teenager so sabine wouldn't sacrifice herself over it might have been a defensible position had the show not shown us otherwise Hera risked court martial to stop the people trying to bring back thrawn leia got involved half a dozen x-wing pilots died and even if you think there's no way sabine could have known that there are two things that sabine 100 knows her friend ezra sacrificed himself to get rid of thrawn and from sabine's perspective ahsoka not only risked herself early to stop it but ahsoka had died to do so what they showed us was literally every other side good character risking life and limb to prevent thrawn from re-emerging so either Fellini told the part about of uh, the story about how dangerous thrawn was wrong or he told this uh, part of the story about sabine's emotional investment wrong Feel free to grab a beer and sit on the lawn. This side of the street, we use that fertilizer to keep the grass green instead of rubbing it all over the Star Wars mythos like the other side. Shots fired. <laughs> I think, I, I th- to me, this feels right, though. Like, yeah, yeah. you can't have it both ways. You can't have every other character treating this as if it is a galactic extinction event. Like, oh, my God. and And they have told the story of, like, the Empire has these vast resources. They're just in disarray. They're just... Mm -hmm. You know, they're They're waiting for the uniting
1: force, which is Thrawn, yeah. So it's like, you can't have it both ways
0: and say that, well, Thrawn's a paper tiger when Filoni is treating him as if he's the real fucking 5,000-pound er tiger Uh, which I think is... Also, that's my understanding of Thrawn in canon. I would be... I, I i've i've kind of let this happen in the feedback but i i i would be i'm already at the height of get the fuck off my lawn if you're suggesting a thrawn is just some bumbling dumb fuck bureaucrat
1: like yeah this the show doesn't not, have that perspective the show views yeah. him as a very dangerous person they do portray him as kind of a bumbling
0: dumb fuck in but especially that late, bad, right? la- last episode yeah, yeah.
1: That, that's not intentional on their part
0: but that's that's this is why I got gripped up when I saw that Filoni was putting his fingers on him. I'm like, mm-hmm. ugh. anyway, Adam from Cincinnati, fellow Queen City resident says seeing that Sabine is probably going to face zero consequences interpersonal. Or otherwise, for releasing Thrawn makes me really think the show is intentionally being written with the kid show vibe. Though that lens it makes sense uh, that no one would be upset with Sabine because the kids show moral would be no matter what consequences. Friendship is the most important thing or something like that. Sure. So sometimes I feel like we sell kids shows short. Um like And I don't think that everything has to be, but, like, I, I, I think about um, things like Adventure Time, things like mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Avatar Last Airbender that, like, tells a whole story about war and la- loss and sacrifice. And there is a lot of shades of gray and that, like, kids can understand it. Maybe kids should understand that. I think about mr rogers like mr rogers didn't truck with this shit like simple you know he's very gentle and patient and loving sure but like they dealt with real things and he thought kids you know his his whole theory is like kids are miniature inexperienced adults yeah you can you can interface with them like that uh I don't like the like. I don't like the, te- the 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 lesson from kids to get from their entertainment that like you know that everything's like black and white and to some things are universal and absolute about only Sith deal in absolutes right? Yeah, sure, sure. I'm not not a, not a fan of like the like giving the kid show vibe a pass, especially since like I, I get I I also don't think I I think the tone they're trying to hit is family. If if yeah, I yeah. I can deal with general audiences. Uh, I can't deal with like kiddie stuff. I don't want Power Ranger Star Wars, you know, or G.I. Joe Star Wars. Mm I want I want Avatar The Last Airbender Star Wars. Uh, Mike from St. Louis said, I'm pretty burnt out on this era. The Skywalker saga would love to see Star Wars either punt hundreds or thousands of years into the future or rewind hundreds of thousands of years into the past. These shows are so handcuffed by having to exist in the margins of the movies, it's almost impossible for them not to be super contrived. Add to this the fact that we now have to bend over backwards to incorporate hundreds of episodes of cartoons that the majority of people haven't even watched. It just seems like it's going to be hard to tell a natural story. With that said, with all due respect to many fans out there who ride hard for the Clone Wars and Rebels, I just cannot understand why they were made canon when Disney bought Star Wars. At that point, there were only six movies made, which totaled maybe 12 to 15 hours of runtime. Now you bring in Clone Wars and Rebels, and it's 80-plus hours combined. The majority of it had been made at that point. Disney's can became overnight majorly cartoon, which is an odd choice to me. I don't see why they couldn't have just been enjoyable Legends content that didn't ultimately impact the core story. I like some characters we gained, such as Ahsoka. However, the cost in terms of tone and content is too great in my eyes. Uh... Hmm. this is I haven't heard anybody talk about this the fact that like oh yeah yeah, Disney threw away a bunch of the EU but yeah like we went from a canon of Star Wars being six movies to 80% of the canon of Star Wars being cartoons
1: yeah that's weird Um, I wasn't super aware of the existence of the cartoons at that point so it didn't feel like that to me but When you point it out, it's certainly true. I. I, Yeah, there's something that bothers me about more of the established canon being written by Filoni than George Lucas. than the guy who came up with the damn ideas in the first place. And yeah,
0: like maybe the EU sits a little bit better because it's like everybody kind of taking their stab. It wasn't like even Timothy Zahn didn't like dominate that scene. Um, no. There's a couple like Kevin J. Uh, Anderson. Anderson. There, mm-hmm. yeah, There's a couple people that like definitely written. Michael Stackpole, I think, is the guy that did the X-Wing mm-hmm. uh, Rogue Squadron series, Wraith Squadron. Um, but like everyone kind of had their little take, you know, where it's like now mm-hmm. we have had – uh, you know this this from one the mind of one man and then the mind of another man and this other guy is just now just like has this giant oversized and if you don't like Filoni's approach of storytelling then you just kind of feel lost and
1: and I it kinda... happened overnight right it was like this the switch was flipped and suddenly Star Wars isn't the the Lucas story I mean it still was in my mind absolutely but if you look at it objectively now Star Wars is Filoni's story. And that's Especially weird. Fil-
0: and Filoni's allowed to just go through and, like I said, cherry-pick the best parts of the EU
1: and make it his own. That feels weird, too, to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, maybe I just have to say, yeah, I, I'm, I'm an old-school Star Wars guy who liked the stuff that Lucas came up with initially and get off my lawn. Because, yeah. yeah, that doesn't feel right to me.
0: Yeah, I'd feel the same way of like, imagine like in Star Trek, if uh, some like Disney took over Star Trek and they had produced 10 more episodes of the animated series, right? 10 more seasons of the animated series. Mm-hmm. And then they took Star Trek over and they're like, okay, only the movies are canon and and our animated show. Yeah. And like none of the TV series.
1: And they did this before Next Generation or something, right? When you had the three seasons of. of- the original and then you you had like 10 seasons of of animated series and they're suddenly yeah. like, wait now there's more animated yeah. star trek than irl stuff like
0: right and they, they bring scene? but then they'll have like characters like ro lauren but they're not written the way you think Little Roe, you know they'll, they'll, they'll just cherry mm-hmm. pick and bring people here and there and back and i don't know it's 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 a weird situation i can't think of any other modern parallel it's you know, a company paid four billion for something and just did whatever the hell they wanted
1: to it. Uh, yeah, it's like a half reboot. You know, the, the reboots are all the rage, and it's like, well, we don't, we can't, we can't reboot Star Wars, right? Yeah. I mean, the only thing more offensive than shit canning all of the EU and making Star Wars, uh, you know, eighty percent cartoons would be to say that the originals are no longer valid. I mean, Dude, just...
0: I'm actually, I look over at HBO and see them green lighting a Harry Potter live action series. that's going to probably <laughs> last uh-huh. seven, eight, you know, seasons and how that's just 20 years after like data fucking did the damn thing. Like yeah. I know some people have a gripe, but like that's, it's, it's a pretty good version. It'd be like redoing Harry, uh, uh, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And, I'm actually kind of surprised Disney hasn't just like, okay, everybody. We're just going to make a New Hope season one, and it's going oh, to be ten God. episodes, and we're going to go into the details of we're we're going to ride with Luke
1: to the Tashi Station
0: to pick up power converters, womp, and we're going to
1: Swamp Rats and his T sixteen, big dark
0: lighter is going to be. Mm-hmm. We're going to spend six episodes of him bullseye and Swamp Rats and Beggars Canyon, and I'm kind of shocked that they just haven't done that. And then <laughs> season two will be Empire Strikes Back, and there'll be a whole spinoff called loop the young Republic captain and I just
1: I I guess like yeah they could they could do worse they actually could do worse I suppose yeah But, but I think I think a lot of Star Wars fans a lot of Star Wars fans would watch it would be would would give it their approval by putting their eyeballs on it and that's i would yeah like if i'm
0: I'm saying it's like it'd be a wild idea (laughs) but like if they got if they got if they could cast like a good luke han and leia yeah i'd probably be in i'd like to see more big dark lighter i do I want to know about uh jeb porkins and
1: (laughs) the general concern for you as a fan all they care about is your eyeballs that's it your eyeballs and your wallet.
0: Uh, Matt says, Hey, I'm 29 years old and I'm young enough to have seen the prequels in theaters, but old enough to remember seeing the OT films with my dad. I was excited for the pre-sequels in college, but I have no interest in returning to them. I really have only known Star Wars to come in waves both in quality and popularity. Adding to the kids' cartoons, games, novels, etc has Star Wars just collapsed under its own weight? There are so many stories with different perspectives and everyone has their own ideas of what it should be. Even George had trouble finding the core of it with the prequels. Can Star Wars even star war at this point? That's a good point. Cause like the thing is, is George came up with one movie and it was Star Wars. <laughs> uh-huh. It wasn't called a new hope. It was just fucking Star Wars. He didn't really do the others. Like, he did the others in as much as he did Indiana Jones he came up with some cool ideas he helped with some camera stuff Um, he executive produced it and that's it like and I think we found when you just give George the reins everything Mm -hmm. it's not exactly Star Wars either Um, and that's what I keep I meant like Star, Star Wars is kind of a fluke that it worked and then it's excelled at being a setting like that that like uh people could tell wild stories in um i don't know yeah yeah like what i don't know that star wars is uh, beyond like what they did at the original trilogy i i don't know that i'm super interested in uh, maybe i'm yeah maybe that's all i did maybe star wars is just luke leia and han to me
1: <laughs> it might be it might be i so i look at what they're doing with star trek and I say it can be done, right? Like I can transfer and But again, a lot of that is relying on Kirk, McCoy, Scotty, uh, Picard, like a lot of beloved characters from yesteryear of Star Trek. Um, but it can be done. And I just think they're pulling it off way better. They've got these tracks in mind, right? They're not trying to get me to watch Prodigy as a 40 year old mm-hmm. man they are saying, no, that shit's for kids. Don't worry about it. Um, They've got their comedy track with lower decks. They've got their, you know, very highly serialized thing with Discovery. And some people like that, some people don't. With Strange New World, it's kind of back to the original. So if you're a fan of that, you can do that. Um, They're making it work way better than Star Wars ever has.
0: I will say that you're right. Star Trek has successfully reinvented itself several times in a way that Star Wars really hasn't. Mm-hmm. But also, I think to be fair, if Star War Star Trek: The Next Generation came out in 2023 and we were forced to sit through the first season, <laughs> we would shit on it and say, "My God, oh yeah, my God, and I cannot maybe believe the second season."
1: A good chunk of it, the
0: second mm-hmm. season, we'd shit on that and be <laughs> like, "This is just hair. Ter- I cannot believe how bad." And it's you know, and it's George Rod, you know, it's George. I'm sorry, Gene. Um, yeah. Gene. Yeah, it's Gene Roddenberry. Um. Yeah, I I I don't know that we'd have the patience to let Star Wars evolve
1: like that. Like, well I you know, didn't. Us. So like the latest round of it with Discovery, right? Like I checked out Discovery, which was kind Same, of the first yeah. of of the <laughs> the what, fifth reboot of, of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. and I didn't like it. I still haven't watched anything beyond that first season. So they 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 took a swing there they missed but they managed to get me back in with some other high quality stuff and i don't know star wars is still kind of hanging on with andor and mando like there's just enough there in mando to keep me watching and there's plenty there in andor and maybe that's fine like i, I, I that's the other thing i
0: keep on just is gotta like, give is up no... these other shows yeah there's there's no pressure on us needing to watch these other shows other than like i guess it's coming from our small fan community that wants us to talk about star wars but like yeah yeah, i just that's that's something that's wild for me to say because like you know if you told me back when i was 17 that there would be essentially a live action star wars on tv at a very big budget and you know had big hollywood names attached to it i would be like well then i'm the happiest i've ever been right i'm I'm dying happy right Mm -hmm. um it's just, yeah, that's, but that's, turns out that's not, that's not the case, but, um, and it's so weird because like the other thing is like when I grew up, I had the expectation of when they would adapt something I liked, they'd fuck it up, you know, like if it's a comic book movie or, uh, a book video game or a video game, I just, it's like, it was, it's like, well, yeah, obviously it's not as good as the book because, you know, it's a fucking movie adaptation. It's a cheap cash in. That was, it kind of like, you know, Marvel, I think changed that for me where it's like, now I have the expectation of when my genre stuff is, is adapted. It's going to be adapted competently. Um, yeah. but like, you know, and I think there's also something that he's on about star Wars being exhausted. Um, there's other people are going to like, yeah, let's just keep on reading emails. I guess I don't want to get bogged down in bunny, bunny one thing. Cause all these thoughts are contained within, within the sum total of fan of feedback knowledge here. um, Matt, no, no, uh, Craig says sitting beside you on your lawn with a beer in hand. I think this whole Star Wars franchise is in a tailspin. It might never recover from Ahsoka has been the perfect example of the state. It's got a great premise, a cool cast, some great things in it, but it's been undone with poor execution, poor writing and basic Saturday morning kids plotting. It's telling that the two clear standout entries have had nothing to do with the Jedi or Skywalkers, Rogue One and Andor. I think what frustrates you and most of us in Star Wars is that it has so much scope and potential, and to see it squandered for a quick buck with no thought is, quite frankly, heartbreaking. I'm no writer, but why have Sabine go down the whole story arc in the first place if it's not going to lead in anything? Balin could have easily snatched a map out of her hands. We didn't even need to have this at all. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what I keep coming back to is like you know they paid four billion for this and they're just like we're just gonna we're just, this is gonna be Marvel but even better because Star Wars is bigger than Marvel and they're quickly finding out what DC found out which is like you can have great characters you can have amazing like I mean Henry Cavill I think is the perfect Superman
1: oh he's amazing
0: yeah. Uh you, you, you spend hundreds of millions of dollars on on the, the the movie and it comes out and it's a it's a I mean it makes that's the thing it makes like a half billion dollars but they were expecting to make mm-hmm. a billion right like yeah, well why sure. well because there's just like there's no heart and soul there there's no it doesn't it, it doesn't feel like there's anybody that really truly understands the property and like why fans are and 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 they. Because of the, they can't connect like they're telling a, they're telling like like Zack Snyder is very good at telling a very small slice of the characters of Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and all that to a very small slice of the fan base that really admires that aspects of them. But, you know, general audiences like it's just these are loud, ugly films. Um, sure, sure. But yeah, it's like it's not it's not as simple as like getting like like Star Wars had like what I thought was they, they hired these like very creative people. Uh, they had excellent cast. They threw tons of money at the previs and post and special
1: effects. And it's just it just doesn't have that heart. Yeah, I, I don't have an explanation as to why it's not working other than the quality is not there. Like the the, the storytelling is not as good as you want it to be. And a lot of it comes from, like, I, I, I'm I'm trying to think. It's so much of the things that I do like about modern Star Wars are character-driven. So much of the stuff I like about the original Star Wars is character-driven. And in general, the stories, I've said it here probably, I've said it all over our podcast. the thing that I like about narrative storytelling is when they really sweat the characters and Star Wars lately does not feel like it's sweating the characters at least not enough right Um, what should be an incredibly dramatic moment for characters is brushed aside for what you would hope would be an equally dramatic plot moment of like oh Thrawn made it back you know well that's not where I'm invested I'm not invested in the plot of stuff I'm invested in the people. I'm invested in the characters. Like, I want to see Sabine suffer consequences for her decisions because that's what's interesting to me. It's not interesting that, you know, Thrawn's going to come back and, like, this is going to be so cool when we see things blow up. That's, That's not why I watch television or movies. It's to get invested in characters and see how they personally adapt to and change because of the circumstances that's what life is yeah. I, I don't know man I, I just think they're missing that aspect of it and as far as I keep coming back to like Star Wars seems like an
0: accident because it's easy to imagine that they got that casting wrong of like you know oh, Mark Hamill Harrison Ford Carrie Fisher they hadn't like the, that they kind of yeah. like sheer, sheer force of will and kind of likability and just like it factor they made that shit work
1: mm-hmm
0: and through it's has yeah, got saved I cared editing. it got saved right? by johnny williams soundtrack like there's a whole things that came together to make star wars work because it shouldn't have like uh-huh. it really shouldn't have and maybe we're just trying to recapture lightning in a bottle over and over again and just there's not it's not easy to do um and says i'm generally a big fan and listen to many of your podcasts including some of your recent star wars podcasts i have always vehemently disagreed with your characterization of obi-wan as garbage and just as bad as Book of Boba, it always felt like a bit of a head scratcher to me, wondering if we were even watching the same show. However, in a recent podcast, you guys admitted, much to my horror, that you had not even watched Obi Wan. So, with all due respect, yeah. where do you get off casting such judgment on it? Well, literally everyone I've ever heard talk about it has said it's bad.
1: I've never well, I heard anyone say
0: it's good. Which is, I want to hear it, wh- crazy. I want to hear what Anne says about it. She says, as a very okay. casual Star Wars fan, so that might be an explanation for the difference here. No, I don't know. I haven't seen it, but that, this hmm. is this is one one thing that might be uh, standing out in my mind. Uh, for example, I had no idea who Boba Fett was. <laughs> Obi-Wan is easily my favorite show to date, as it was the perfect bridge between the prequel and original series. You don't have to make my take my word for it. It was nominated for an Emmy for Best Short Series. Not that I expect you guys to respect Emmy nominations, but can you imagine any world in which Book of Boba would be nominated? You've complained about wanting good character dramas, about characters that you care about, and yet haven't watched the, sh- the one show that delivers on these. It was a touching examination of Obi-Wan's broken state of mind after losing the Clone Wars, going into hiding and dealing with his, his sense of guilt and shame for what happened with Anakin, a portrayal that expertly delivered by an A-list actor. It also fills in one of the original plot holes all from the main story, which is why he only kept tabs on Luke growing up and not Leia. As a coherent plot, clear character motivations, and actually complete self-contained story with a satisfying resolution. Uh, my only complaint was it was probably have been better as a movie, as the rumors say it was initially planned to be. John Williams even came out of retirement to write Obi-Wan a theme, which was perfect. And there's another one. There's another one where I think I heard the same rumors that this was a two-hour movie that they blew up into a six-hour miniseries when the people at Disney, and that also is another one to gate that they that, that gave me pause I was like well that sounds like it's, it's not great mm-hmm. anyway why I can't force you to watch it and you very well may not like it given your general crotchiness with all things of Star Wars <laughs> but until you bother to take a Saturday afternoon to binge the six episodes please 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 shut up about it it's really unprofessional as guys who talk about TV for a living to talk authoritatively about something that you haven't watched I don't know man I don't think it's unprofessional to say Star Wars is in disarray and we've heard that this is not anything different. Like you are literally the first person since we've been saying these things that have like taken umbrage at it. But I'm open minded. I'm open minded to be wrong. I actually one thing I do is the test is I, I like doing polls on Twitter. I did a real quick poll when I got this email and I said, I'm hearing that we're out of line with our Obi-Wan series opinions, which I, that it's book of Boba level garbage. What I'm hearing is it's great, actually. It got an Emmy nomination. It's sitting at about 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is true. We haven't seen it, so we're just going off reputation. Your opinion, Obi-Wan, is 13.8% of the bald move community says good Star Wars, actually. 39.8% says okay, but it has issues. 32.2% says bad, but better than the Book of Boba Fett. And 14.2% says bantapoodoo. It's almost a perfect... (laughs) distribution uh, yeah, of yeah. opinion and to me it's like maybe I need to say that Obi-Wan is not bad as bad as Book of Boba but I feel like it's fair for me to say Obi-Wan is probably not something that I would like better having seen six hours of it it feels like it's mediocre Star Trek or Star Wars and I just don't want to watch mediocre Star Wars I'm not that big of a fan anymore
1: that's fair i I think that's that's a respectable opinion um i will say nothing i say should be taken as authoritative uh and be yeah everybody i've heard and i've heard it from trusted sources people who whose opinion opinion on television i respect have told me personally that it's not it's not good not that it's yeah, garbage a couple- nobody has said like all oh, this is worse than book of boba fett but yeah if it's worse than like season two of the mandalorian i don't care about it i don't want to watch it because yeah that's like my threshold if you can't hit that level i don't have time to engage in whatever you're you're putting out there and from the impression i've gotten from everybody i have spoke to it's not hitting that threshold
0: yeah and there's a couple I, I, I edited the email but she also intimated that maybe we'd fallen victim because I, I did see like a Rotten Tomatoes 80% uh, audience score of like 45% and usually when I see that I suspect some culture wars bullshit you know uh, when critics like something a lot more I don't I, I heard that it's got a black lead actor um, uh, that's enough <laughs> oh, heaven for enough that's enough, to, that's enough to trigger some people but also I hope the people like I, that's not that's not where I come from to criticize a show. I don't yeah. – the people that are making that criticisms, they don't even hit my timeline.
1: Like, no, I've I don't heard see it's about shit. bad characters, and yeah. it's about the loosely it or very cheap. poorly connected plot lines. Things don't yeah. make sense. And In the same way that, like, the stuff doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and, like, the people that I'm listening to, and I'm telling, like, I'm not going to, like, you know, fucking the quartering or shitty uh, – 25 year old guy YouTuber X I'm like yeah these are like you know some of my professional colleagues that are, are better than that so uh, we, now Double T from Melbourne has an, uh, uh, a suggestion that I might take him up on it says I noticed you guys mentioned a few times you have no interest in Obi-Wan series since you've heard it has some good stuff but also a lot of bantha poodoo to wade through you're in luck there's an awesome Star Wars movie waiting for you to watch and it's called Obi-Wan the Patterson Cut professional filmmaker edited the five hours of showdown to two and a half hour movie it's great i highly recommend it Hmm. um that sounds like if you actually paired the actual obi-wan film out of the five hours of sabo that might yeah i i i I might do that you could
1: do that with almost every star wars property that's come out since Uh, a lot of
0: marvel stuff too like it feels like a lot of the disney plus the first and last episodes are the only things that matter
1: yeah. Or at the very least you could compress the middle section quite a lot. Quite a bit. Put a corset on that thing.
0: But yeah, I might check that out if uh uh and then uh report back later. Uh Marcus says I just want to go say that even though it's been a roller coaster of a season and I'm glad you all had fun with the get off my Star Wars lawn bit, it made me laugh every time, even if I disagree, but I have to say after watching Ahsoka finale, I was pretty surprised at how negative a lot of the criticism was, even as it seemed like a lot of the fandom initially enjoyed it. On my initial watch, I loved the episode, but definitely had a few problems, questions, such as the Sabine problem. The lack of real consequences for her and any reckoning with her actions are maddening. This lends itself to a second problem, which is the writing related in the broad sense. Joanna Robinson had a great discussion on House of R about whether Filoni is really capable of writing an entire season of television on his own and creating something truly captivating and emotionally gripping that also makes sense. I want to I go find if I can hear her talk about that because that mm-hmm. it, it makes it seem like Dave Filoni is really good at like telling these soaring narratives and like the the relationships with the characters will work if you kind of go with it but you just kind of have to maybe check your brain at the door and roll out a lot of like well I guess there's force wolves and
1: there's I, mean, I can't I, I just I, that's can't that's the thing yeah I'm too engaged with the content because there's also, there's like... <sighs> I, and it's not true. I can. Look, I love zombie movies. Maybe I just need, maybe my Star Wars lensness needs to be adjusted. I, I just need to say all of this is stupid. None of it matters. Let's just go in and look for the fun. Because right now I'm not finding much fun because I'm so busy looking at the plot and the yeah, lack no, Star- of character I, I think- development and shit
0: yeah Star Wars is in this weird place where it's like not fun enough for me to just turn my brain off and be like whatever rule of cool Um, and not smart enough where I can take if I take the plot seriously I'm rewarded for it Um, and there's rare exceptions like Andor obviously checks all those with flying colors Uh, I think uh, Mando works because it is kind of fun and you're not you know once you got baby Yoda in there you're not really supposed to take it that seriously but, like, it is, you know, and, and that's why I'm saying, like, that's it's hard to find that general audiences where you can have people seriously take, like, Luke in the throne room with Vader and that, like, connect as an emotional moment. But also, you know, have the C-3PO running around saying stupid shit. And I,
1: well, yeah, it, it's stupid it's, shit, it's hard, but it's, not, not Jar Jar stepping in piles of it, right? Like, yeah, it, yeah. That's – there's a level of humor that – appeals to children like the slapstick stuff you know and then there's a level of humor that appeals to adults and I think there's some middle ground there but boy they have a hard time finding it George Lucas became a dad he's got infected with dad humor I guess I mean I like things where people step in shit occasionally <laughs> but I, I don't know I also like things that appeal to my brain
0: Anyway, back to Marcus. He says, again, on first watch, a real act episode. It's not until I started diving in critically that some of these scenes came undone. And I wonder if it's maybe because it's not my job to podcast about these things. So it's easier for me Mm -hmm. uh, and your audience to enjoy these properties that might not hold up under scrutinizing eye, but still hit emotionally in a lot of the right Star Wars places. Thought the episode is fun. I love the duel between Ahsoka and Morgan. I'm hyped about the Mortis gods coming into play, and Ezra being in the stormtrooper armor is honestly just a dumb callback to his Rebel days. Ultimately, I'm he- uh, I'm here to say it's been fun listening to you over the season of ups and downs. But the lows have not canceled out the highs for me, and I'm excited to see what's next. Honestly, I'm happy for the fans who are happy with Star Wars. I wish I was there with you guys, and I don't think you're bet. I don't think I'm better than you. I don't think you're worse than me. It's just. You know, uh, and I think there's a lot of what you say about like Better um, Call Saul is a pretty awesome show that I got so fucking tired of covering because it has a glaring flaw in my mind, which is it's atrociously paced. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, when I'm watching through when I was watching through season four and five at three, four episodes of pop. I didn't notice that so much. Or if I did, it's just like, Jesus Christ, it's one of those episodes where I'm going to watch Mike changes underwear for 30 minutes. Uh-huh. But but like, I, you know, I, I, I not having to watch it two or three times and then spend an hour compiling the feedback and then arguing with people about it. And then, you know, it's like at some point you have to as a as a critic, you either have to say, I'm going to stop talking about the things that bother me or I'm going to have to stop watching the show because what I can't do is for three seasons drone on about pacing and pacing pacing then the fans turn on me right and you know, maybe we might get there at Star Wars where it's like there's more people wanting to fuck around with the yard and we just have to withdraw I I don't know um, I, I, I guess we're still early enough in this Disney thing that I, I still think they can write the ship I and I want them to make everyone happy I don't want them to make brutal goodfellas type Star Wars that scare kids only sure sure, sure. And I, don't want them to do fucking caravan of courage only. I, I want them to be able to, 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 to do both things well for, for all their audiences. And maybe that's asking too much.
1: Yeah. I mean, without a doubt, podcasting about this stuff changes my relationship with it. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I'm pointing out in the podcast, I would look at as a viewer if I weren't doing this and just say, Oh, I was stupid. And I continue to watch it. Right. And, and I, I probably wouldn't care nearly as much, but when I have to get, when I have to formulate an opinion on something and then I have to justify it to millions of other fans who are going to have varying degrees of relationship with the property, Mm -hmm. it becomes an entirely different thing because then I'm thinking about things then I'm, then I'm forced to think about things I have to think about. Okay. Why don't I like, you know, Ahsoka going out on the wing of her ship and doing a somersault in space. Mm -hmm. Why don't I like that? because i have to explain it to you i can't i can't just say right. yeah didn't like it and w- it's also which the I would thing, do as a viewer
0: the, the other curse of this podcaster that we jim and i have noticed is it's like if you like ninety percent of something and you dislike dislike ten percent it's way easy to say you like something you just say you know what what ahsoka went on that that wing of that starship and she deflected the lightsaber beans it was thrilling and awesome and i like lightsabers and it made her look so cool and i thought it was fucking awesome if i don't like that i have to explain why i don't like it i don't have to justify why i like things you know but like <laughs> it it's, so it's like sometimes like you do, it, yeah. if you like 90 and dislike 10 percent, it it sounds like it's 50 50 because it takes you yeah. twice as long to explain the 15% you don't like, right? That's another phenomenon. It's it's And
1: if it's 50-50, I don't like it. It's going it to feel sounds... like 100% garbage. Yeah.
0: Cuz like Ahsoka is not a garbage show. Like I quite liked it no. up until kind of the finale, right? Like I was kind of pleasantly surprised and the finale is the one where it's like the the wheels kind of fell off and and it's but like yeah but it, it makes it seem like you know when we're screaming i'm yelling and screaming and did get off my lawn which I, i'm mostly doing, doing theatrically yeah yeah i'm doing a bit like i don't really care that much um <laughs> but the things i do care about i can't be half cocked and screaming and yelling because like i, I trying to be persuasive to people right right um so I'm, I'm i'm giving myself the license to be kind of a crazy person in this show because it's it's funny and it, it seems like it resonates with people. Mm. Um, We'll see if we get a hater fan base Or just relentlessly shitting on everything I'll probably regret it But yeah yeah, it's it's mostly mostly in, in good fun I don't take any of this stuff seriously Um all right, we only got two left. Uh, David says, I think you're missing the forest for the trees here. Most TV is shit or become shit for stupid reasons. Game of Thrones is ruined by its final season. The Witcher is ruined by not following a successful template. HBO has put some real turds forward recently. Netflix cancels almost anything after two seasons. And Disney can't seem to get more than one decent series going at a time. The writing just isn't there. That being said, the trees in the forest are missing is that most TV is a vast wasteland of bad shows. So anything close to decent, or in this case, nostalgic, you cling to. For seven episodes, we watched Ahsoka and loved it, just to watch some shit to bed with stupidity in the finale, but what other options are there? Currently, I'm watching Loki, and that's it. The network TV shows are pretty bad. I don't want to watch the idiocy of the Idol or HBO's The Lakers series. Hey, that fucking show was fire, and it's a damn shame it got cancelled after second season. The what? Right time. Yeah. yeah, winning time was awesome, actually. Uh, Star Wars was abysmal, and I stopped after the third episode. Oh, so I'm Secret Wars was abysmal. Most of the stuff on Netflix or Prime could be written by us. Um, I'm not saying that there aren't gyms like Watchmen or Mindhunter, but those are few and far between. Most seasons don't even approach that bar. Hence, you get people watching shit shows because quality TV isn't around as much. I think you mm. both stated that these shit shows were to fall to viewers that keep trying... Uh, Uh, keep tuning in to shit TV and you're right but Book of Boba Secret Wars Ahsoka and others were true disappointments Uh, but with Watchmen and things like Mindhunters cancelled and having to wait years for Andor I don't see how true fans of quality TV can stop watching lower quality of writing shows with all the horrible shows out there and so very few quality ones to watch what is a viewer to do the thing I'm afraid of honestly the thing I'm afraid of Dave is they're just going to stop watching like we have lived in a golden age of television for like the last 10 or 15 years where there's just an explosion <clears throat> of quality and there's so much good stuff. And we've kind of gotten spoiled, but we also have a real glut where it's like instead of just having like when I first started covering this, you had to pay attention to AMC and HBO everybody else was just still doing the network TV style bullshit then Netflix came out and they dumped everything in one day and that was a challenge now there's like just the stuff that I've had to pay attention to this year that's done good stuff that I want to cover Peacock and Paramount and Apple and HBO Max now still Netflix Amazon Prime uh, FX Hulu Mm -hmm. That's like eight outlets and that's just a top tier cream of the crop. Like keeping that beast fed is making is kind of a glut. Like it's like the old Atari video game crunch where it's like this thing was so popular. They want to make more and more and more, but there weren't that many talented people working. There wasn't that much like genuinely good ideas that you could execute with a single stick and a button. And they made started making crap and then the whole industry collapsed. And as someone that rides on top of that industry, I see it
1: happening, but I don't know what to do to stop it, you know? Uh, and, the, and the industry as a whole is chasing a high too. I mean, not everything can be Marvel. Not everything can make $2 billion, you know, within its first year of release. Not everything yeah. needs 10 episodes of a series to justify it being on a platform to make, to keep people subscribed. They're chasing the high of... it. a the pandemic i mean the pandemic as far as entertainment goes was this bonanza unlike media companies have ever seen people were at home watching things playing video games unoccupied by everyday life concerns because they couldn't have their everyday life and so now we're coming down off that we have yeah i i vehemently disagree that there's not anything good that that television has gotten worse i think if you're talking about genre stuff you might be right but like but television as a whole is as good it's as good as it's ever been um and better than it's ever been beware the sith we will return are you hearing voices too welcome back to tribe of two But you do have this, like, there's this weird race to the top and race to the bottom going on at the same time. Everybody wants to be Disney. Everybody wants to have properties that make billions upon billions of dollars. And so they're remaking everything. They're rebooting everything. They're adapting everything. There are very few original, amazing stories being told. But they are out there. And you've got this race to the bottom where everybody has to feed the beast of the platforms. Like Netflix has to have five new shows coming out every week to keep people subscribed. Otherwise, they lose their funding and the whole thing just spirals into nothing. So you're in a weird position, certainly, with media. But I don't think that equates to we're not getting good content. We are. You just have to search through the heap a little more to find it. Uh, And at the same time the heap keeps growing right yeah and like um
0: and and yeah I, that's the thing it's like because like I, you asked me what are the viewers to do like what I, I just stop watching television and there's nothing i feel like there's worth watching you know yeah <laughs> i feel I, like I'm a lot super of people worried about that yeah you know, they'll go to video games they'll go to youtube they'll god forbid read a book i don't know um but like this this uh, the idea of like everybody's just gonna sit and watch three hours of TV a night no matter what. I I don't, I don't know. I, I just I don't know read a report
1: that There's too many options nowadays. I, I just read a report that Americans spend more than 50% of their waking hours engaging in entertainment. Which is kind of wild when you think about <laughs> yeah. what you do with the other 50% which is fucking work. Like, So you're either working or being entertained. Where do you get your chores done? Where do you get like quality time with your family. Like at some point this feels like it's, it's, and I talked about this earlier, this entertainment that, that fandom is kind of being shoved down our throats so much, uh, that we're just going to get full on it and we're going to just regurgitate the whole damn thing. And there's going to be this huge backlash against the idea of sitting down and being entertained and, and claiming that like, I'm a fan of this thing. Hmm. Yeah, I do wonder because like, that's, that's just a return to norm, right? People used to yeah. watch television and enjoy it, but not be like obsessed with it in the way that you we are.
0: That they wouldn't collect
1: merchandise and and making that their identity, right? And like, I, I feel like we're just I, this re- is a reaction a to. Point.
0: And this is a so this is like a pendulum thing like this is this was a reaction like the fact that you got like 47 year old men like myself with Darth Vader T-shirts and you Mm -hmm. know Funko Mm -hmm. pops on their in their living room is a reaction to our fathers who the second that they grew hair on their balls put away their baseball cards and their comic books and Mm -hmm. you know like that's that's kid stuff you can't do that anymore and like honestly there's probably going to be an over you ever see like the red letter media when they do the Star Wars crew parody and it's like all these guys are just like over the top man children decked out with nothing but Star Wars clothes. And they're all their shelves are groaning with Funko Pops and Rancor figures and all that stuff. And they're just they're just like just uncritically enthused at everything that's coming down. And that, yeah, there'll probably be an overreaction to that uh, mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, we'll go back to. Okay, maybe we can enjoy kid stuff when we're adults, but maybe we don't spend seven billion dollars on merchandise or whatever it is a year. I don't know, but maybe we're just in a correction. Maybe you don't make we're it in your a Receding wave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and maybe and, and not that's put real Jedi life. as your state religion on an actual f- political form or something. You know,
1: <laughs> sure. If you're getting married, having your Jedi wedding. Look, it, I, I don't want to shame people who are doing that stuff either. I'm saying we're reaching a saturation point, and you yeah, know it's real guy. fresh for me, <laughs> the guy who makes a living off of talking about pop culture shit, to say this. I get it; the irony is there, mm-hmm. but I do feel like there's an oversaturation of it. Yeah, and yeah, it's not sustainable.
0: No. Uh, nothing is like you know. It's like as long as there's a buck to be made, they're gonna pump. They're gonna pump out that buck, That's and the then thing. eventually they're chasing
1: the yeah.
0: Yeah, well, we said earlier that like I feel like as a fan, I'm being fracked you know no uh-huh. longer yep. just like whatever whatever emotions come out of my heart on a fandom is like natural they now have to like or juice it when when you have
1: $50 action figures I mean look wh- what do we do an action figure is supposed to be cheesy fun things that kids play with right like an action figure for $50 maybe maybe you want to buy one of those things but you want to buy the whole collection right because if you don't are you yeah, are or you maybe really even drop. showing your fandom Maybe you'll drop
0: eight hundred dollars on a Star Destroyer Lego, but are you going to well, do drop a thousand dollars on an Adot Walker next year and a thousand dollars on a Death Star next and, and if do on two a thousand dollars on the year,
1: right? They, yeah, because like, yeah, they're still making year. money.
0: Yeah, it's like that's the thing. It's like whatever your breaking point is, they'll find it. They'll find yeah, it. They will, because there's still a dollar to be made. So Alan is going to take us home here. He says to jump straight in, I liked, quite liked Ahsoka, and I think a solid 8 out of 10 for me. It's not amazing. It's certainly an Andor, but I did like it. I've been a fan of yours for a good couple of years now, and I think I find myself agreeing with you about 90% of the time. So I found myself questioning why I came away from Ahsoka with a much rosier opinion than you. think it comes down to having different expectations, and I think as much as I appreciate and respect your lawn, I'm still over here on my other lawn. The mud patch. The mud hole. <laughs>
1: Slimy. My oh my love is <laughs> the da- Dagobah. We'll call it Dagobah.
0: All right. We'll keep yeah. it. We'll keep it. We'll keep it Star Wars flavored. Uh, my relationship with Star Wars has waxed and waned over years. Let's just say the sequels are a mixed bag and move on. But it was Rebels and to a much lesser extent the Clone Wars that made me fall in love again. To me, it's a perfect bridge between the original trilogy and the world building of the prequels. I love the lore building and the sense of adventure and the characters have great arcs. It was like having a thing from my childhood back. Obviously, coming into Ahsoka with an affection for the characters and his familiarity to Filoni lore, Dathomir, Witch Magic, Jedi Force, Netherworlds, etc., it colored my opinion going into the series. It's wonderful to see some of my favorite characters in the franchise in live action and have them be generally accurate to their animated counterparts. I think the main difference in our reaction to the series is that I have more of a familiarity of Filoni's tendencies as a writer. I share many of your problems with that with him, I think he can be a bit sloppy in logistical elements of the stories, and his character arcs aren't always as well told as they should be. What he's generally great at, though, is what I like to call jigsaw storytelling.
1: Mm-hmm. He's
0: really good at telling individual, disparate stories, and it isn't until he has told a bunch of them that you start to see the patterns and how the plot threads interact and interweave like a you know, jigsaw puzzle. Hmm. A great example of this is Filoni has made a lot of hay around cloning in the past year or so. He had Dr. Parshing and Moff Gideon cloning stories in Mando. Meanwhile, one of the major plot threads of the Bad Batch set 20 years earlier has been the Empire trying to recover their cloning technology after losing it in the Clone Wars. Imagine this will ultimately weave together and lead into a sequel trilogy as a way of making the whole somehow Palpatine has returned thing less intensely stupid. I don't want to pause here. Because this is something I pointed out with like what they're doing on Star Wars Strange New Worlds is like they're trying to smooth over and explain some of the rougher parts of the earlier canon and bring them into harmony in a way that I find really interesting and rewarding. So I think this is like if felonian and Favre, Favreau set out to roll up their sleeves and like, you know what, we're going to redeem this fucking sequel series. By the end of this, you're going to think the sequel series is great i think that's a worthy goal to set forth but it's a hard one wow yeah i can't imagine but it's a hard one because there's but it's like how do you turn the corner on christopher pike who is an intensely sexist character as he's introduced in the old canon being like what is is this female (laughs) officer doing on my bridge well five years later in the strange new worlds era every one of his bridge officers is women because he's Somehow he managed to be sexist in the 23rd century and learned his fucking lesson. They're trying to like, <laughs> you know, make Christopher Pike less of like a traditional sexist 60s man, right? And doing mm-hmm. traditional 60s sexist man redemption arcs with him. I don't know what that looks like with the Star Wars, you know, like the somehow, but like yeah, if they're trying to make cloning less stupid, um, that's a, that's a good thing. They should be doing. I like that. Uh, this has also been done with Ahsoka. The last season of Clone Wars was released just after Mando Season 1 and depicted the Siege of Mandalore during which Ahsoka and Bo-Katan became buddies, just in time for them to pop up as the major live-action players in Mando Season 2. Even in this season, Ahsoka's Episode 5 Clone Wars dream sequence worked because it wove together a decade of the character's history. I think this is why the shortcomings of Ahsoka's show have bothered me less. The inconclusive nature of the Shin and Balin plots, the threat of Thrawn, the position of the New Republic, and the ending places of Ezra Sabine, and Ahsoka, all kind of worked for me because I never expected their stories to be conclusive. I went in with the expectation that this series would be a collection of puzzle pieces to a much bigger overall picture. I want to be clear that I think it's completely legitimate to not like this form of storytelling, especially after Dumpster Fire that was Book of Boba and a couple years of watching Disney's other big shared universe, the MCU, fray at the averages. I'm not even saying it's my preference. The mostly standalone Andor is clearly a country mile better than anything else the mouse has produced of late. What I'm saying is I think that this style of storytelling will continue to be the trend. Discussed last week that the corporate nature of Disney means that Star Wars shows will continue to be churned out and they will continue to connect. I do think this does play into Filoni's primary strength as a storyteller, though. To me, it's been genuinely great to see his overall Star Wars extended universe being built as a 15 or so year exercise in world building. As someone who dabbled a tiny bit in the legend stuff with the okay, so let's 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 start there.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you lay it out like that, if that is his indeed his style of storytelling, uh, he does seem like the perfect guy to lead the Star Wars franchise forward in the manner that Disney wants to lead it forward which is to interconnect everything one patch at a time and they
0: don't you know like what do you do with one patch it's not enough to keep you warm well you just keep Mm -hmm. sewing them together until they turn into a quilt
1: yeah that sounds like he would absolutely be the choice and you know he is the choice from Disney and I don't necessarily not like storytelling like that um I've seen that done in microcosm and and that can be rewarding. It's it's not necessarily the style I have a problem with, it's the quality of that style. It's it's the it's not the form, it's the quality. Uh I, I don't know why I have to suspend my uh higher functions to watch one of these shows and, and feel like it's a rewarding experience. I should be Looking at it, it should be a fractal. It should have quality on a fractal level, right? I should be able to zoom out and see what Filoni's doing over the course of six series and five movies or whatever and say, that's amazing. And I should be able to zoom right in on one of his characters and say, what did he do with this character? Oh, that's amazing. I should zoom in on a single plot point, a single scene and say, damn, that was good. And the problem here is I'm not able to zoom in beyond a certain level beyond like the thematic level and see inequality
0: yeah what I'm getting from this coverage of Ahsoka that we've done is I'm a little bit more kind of like black pilled on Dave Filoni being the guy that I really feel good being in charge of Star Wars because like I thought maybe that this guy has got it but he's just being pulled in too many directions they're throwing too much at him at Disney and I'm hearing from people who are familiar with his work that no, this is kind of just who he is Mm-hmm. And if the mouse doesn't, like you said, like maybe he doesn't do really well logistics. Maybe you can hire a retired colonel from the army to shore up his military strategy. Like to me, it's like the mouse either uh, the mouse either has to realize that Filoni has strengths as a storytelling and weaknesses and they need to find people to shore up those weaknesses or yeah. people like me are just going to just kind of go away because I am a self described lore whore. I've said this many times. I find it intentionally satisfying to get deep into the lore and tease out the differences and try to reconcile those differences and try to retcon and come up with headcanon and all that kind of stuff. But, like, the things I like the most are where I feel like the powers that be care enough about that 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 is not a futile thing to do. Sure, you know? sure. Um, that like like that they respect that they that they, that they not they don't retcon as willy-nilly or they don't they just go off in this direction and that direction that they're actually trying to get it right and when they're not trying to get it right it just is an intensely frustrating it goes from being satisfying to being very unsatisfying it's like that i, I talked about that um the tiktok video of the t- guy taking the baby toy out that has like all the you know, it's a ball, it's got the the triangle that you put the triangle through, and it's got a circle that you put the circle through, and I'm watching some dude put squares through the circle, and triangles through the, the, the square, and I'm like, that's just not how you do it, man, but he's not playing with it wrong, he's just doing it in a way that's frustrating and confusing me, so like... Hmm. Who's the asshole? Probably me for demanding that person, you know, color, color in the in the in the lines. And other people are going to admire the fact that he's being unconventional in shape sorting strategy. So and that's the thing I just don't know. Uh, And maybe it's like I can only ever interface with some parts of Star Wars like Andor and other parts is going to drive me crazy. I I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's got to be my plan going forward because I don't want to drop a show like Andor simply because eh, the property at large isn't fulfilling me.
0: I don't think I could ever get to that point. I
1: don't think I'll ever get to a point where like Empire Strikes Back is no
0: longer cool. The Andor sucks. No, no. Although Andor season two could suck. I don't know. Maybe, but I have full faith in the creators of that. (sighs) But they don't want, you know, but like also do I want to see Tony Gilroy just do Star Wars? Like just like turn it over to him because like he doesn't love Star Wars. No, no. Like he thinks that Jedi shit's dumb,
1: and what I don't I mean. ever, I... No, I think you're right. You you shore up the weaknesses of the storyteller. If he is a great jigsaw storyteller, get him to do the overarching plot uh, machinations and yeah. the character, the thematic stuff, and have somebody else go in there with the nitty gritty and write the actual plot, because he clearly doesn't care as much about the moment to moment plot beats as he does the overarching stuff. Yeah um and maybe
0: i don't know maybe is there a way to like uh is is there a way to like plot a course between those two towers you know of gilroy and filoni can you like split
1: the difference oh i'm i'm sure because there's a pretty big gap there i think you find someone in the middle (laughs) um
0: Alan ended things with something I thought was interesting it says um, as someone who dabbled a tiny bit in the legend stuff with the Jedi Academy books as a kid I would genuinely love to hear you guys talk more about legends canon it's a whole part of Star Wars that I'm broadly unaware of could we get away like on the off season especially if there's like nothing coming up in, in early next year could we get away with
1: like a book club style I want to, I want to do it while Ahsoka season 2 is on or while the Filoni <laughs> movie is out I want <laughs> I want to counter program it.
0: Yeah, we are we are fencing off the yard for real, and we're just uh, going to we're just going to <laughs> manicure what we've got here. Um, and that can be fun,
1: because I, you know, look, I was fourteen when I read these books, but I like the Jedi Academy trilogy quite a bit. The Sun Crusher I thought was super fucking cool.
0: See, and that's the thing, is because I I'm about four or five years older than Jim, and I was already mm-hmm. getting to the point where I was starting to read like Tom Clancy and other and I'm like well that's you, is... why you were an heir to the
1: empire guy right because like
0: yeah you were a Zon yeah dude. yeah like design like the the, the me Zahn was the north star and like i but i liked a lot of that stuff and just like and I, I did devour all the kevin g anderson but i i definitely felt like it was like a little step down from uh-huh. some of the other stuff i've been reading but but yeah I, that might be fun to go back and do because i bet you could gun through those books so fast those yeah. prints so big. They were never that big a book to begin with, and you know, just nah. do a sampling of like Rogue, you know, Rogue Squadron. Do do one of the uh, Kevin J. Anderson, maybe Bakura do
1: or whatever. Truce uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So someone
0: name checked that in one and one of these, and I didn't read it, and I'm like, fucking Truce. I like that one. But yeah. See, yeah, but it's got some weird shit. Like that's like that's about a lizard alien that was <laughs> kind of like new to the Star Wars galaxy that was using as technology to rip people's force souls out and power technology with it
1: maybe god it's been so like, it's been 30 years if, I don't Filoni,
0: if Filoni started strapping if like if I hadn't read that feloni started strapping <laughs> dudes to gurneys and sucking their force ghost out and putting them into TIE fighters yeah would I be like that's the dumbest thing I've ever fucking heard or would I be like oh yeah no, tell me more okay um, I don't yeah. know it's, How much uh, it's it'd, it'd be, a midichlorian weigh? It'd be interesting to have us have to eat our own, smoke our own grass off this lawn. I don't know. I don't that know can if, be I, fun. if I would enjoy the experience, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, that's going to do it for here uh, us here in the uh, Tribe of Two. We will be keeping the feed on standby for the next time Star Wars comes back in a way that we want to cover it. Um, or we might do some book club style stuff. I don't know. Best way to keep up with us and all the things we're doing is social media at Bald Move everywhere except for TikTok. We're at Baldest Move there. And if you have enjoyed uh, being at Yard Guardians with us this year and you want to stick with us into our uh, future um, endeavors and get more content and less ads, in fact, zero ads, you can do that by joining the club, support.baldmove.com for more information there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've had a lot of fun despite all the yelling <laughs> and screaming, maybe because of the yelling and screaming. Maybe. Uh, the the I <laughs> I love the concept of the yard. I hope we can keep it going in in a somewhat positive direction going forward. And uh, everyone that's uh, popped a a seat on our lawn, everyone on the sidewalk, everyone on the other side, everyone in Dagobah. Just listen, I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, we'll find a way to see eye to eye on Star Wars sometime in the future. That's it for us for now. Star Wars at Baldmove.com. If you got any other uh, last minute feedbacks, I might read. If you got any opinions on like what books you think would be good for an off-season review, uh, any upcoming Star Wars stuff you're excited uh, for other than The Acolyte and Andor Season 2, and BoldMove.com. Otherwise, have a great off-season, everybody. Uh, we'll be seeing you around sometime soon. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. May the Force be with you.